Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to a World's Age Day, sorry, World AIDS Day, say that right, special edition of Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Ali Osborne. Today on the show, Primrose talks to us about what BCFM and the BBC are up to for World AIDS Day. Um, and I can't not take advantage of having Alice here in the studio as well, so we'll be talking to him about all the other events that are going on for World AIDS Day. You wouldn't be the first one to take <laughs> advantage. As always, there's all that and more. Uh, today, right here on Shout out. Lots of us did it this week. Hello, Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm good. How are we? Yeah, good. Good. You look a little bit cold. I am freezing my bits off. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly said a different word then, but look at me. This is growth, everyone. It is. <laughs> Amazing. This is radio, Alan. Yeah. I know. I'm it must be very radio. difficult for you. <laughs> I'm growing in front of your eyes. I remember and the be, table's not moving. People are having so. a similar problem at the awards <laughs> of, of making sure that no wrong words slipped out but you did a very good job yes. I did a, I did an incredible job and I'm petitioning <laughs> again for, very humble I'm grounded peti- <laughs> I'm petitioning <laughs> the weight of that wig she can't fly uh, no she uh, petitioning to she can host the whole thing you know oh I'm not sure we could afford it I'm just saying you didn't pay me last time so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're affording you didn't even give me an award or a special recognition to say thank you not that it still hurts you gave me SFA do you know what I mean and that's an abbreviation I didn't swear then either so you can calm right down all of you (laughs) (laughs) are your fingers still cold Pardon? Are your fingertips still With cold? all that pointing. Yes. <laughs> it was very pointed. It uh, was. Some people call me a pointer sister. Uh, no. Um, uh, yeah, no. I will... Between now and probably mm, second to third week of March, you won't see me without my gloves and my scar. That's very specific. Right. Yeah. It happens it is, every year. Yeah. I'm assuming Beaver wears gloves too, then. No. No? No, but she has padding, tights. Yeah. Oh, right. Fake boobs and oh, a wig, right. which is just keeps an internal you, radiator. Warm, yeah. it? it must be very warm. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> if I could get away with wearing those pads all the time, I wouldn't. But it's a, it's a good idea. <laughs> you could wear them just less so. I, it would be great if they were like USB heated. So like yeah. in between my hosting, mm-hmm. I could just plug me into the laptop or whatever, mm. get a buzz of heat, and then boom. Well, you, you say that my my you know my other half, Carl, don't you? I he's, do. he's got um, heated slippers where you charge the battery up and stick them in. Wow! As he gets really cold slippers. feet. Yeah. At, at home, I have a heated mouse for my laptop. Really? <laughs> because like mouse. my typing hand yeah. so my left hand gets exercise and she's tapping away doing her thing and my fingers are lovely but me mouse <laughs> scrolling your hand, mouse hand me mouse hand I've which never is, heard anyone say me mouse hand which is my right hand <laughs> which I just use for scrolling and doing the what's scrolling, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. gets real cold oh. so a little button underneath the mouse and you get a nice bit of heat huh? I, I use both hands to type but I didn't it depends what I'm typing if I'm just replying to an email it's one but if she's Whereas doing if something big watching... she's a tap tap tapper with both yeah, you know yeah yeah i do know because i didn't know that motorbikes have heated handles too till recently 
Get they out can of have, yeah. yeah. Not all. Yeah, not all, yeah, but then they can. My, my little 125 definitely did not. Isn't it in Japan if you get heated toilet seats yeah. as well? Oh, they do everything in Japan. Yeah. And um, isn't, isn't it Japan or is it Korea where it's really offensive to hear someone else um, using the toilet? So they do little gadgets that make the sound <laughs> of flushing water so that no one else can hear. Or pop music. That's yeah. better than when I just have to sing because I'm terrified of an audience <laughs> in communal toilets. <laughs> <laughs> I need a heated toilet seat. Get on that, Steph, please. Add it to the stock. Well, my claim to fame is I have a heated steering wheel. I know you do. You've got heated seats in your car as well, haven't you? They're very cool. Oh, it's the steering wheel that's the the best. The steering wheel's a game changer. Game changer. It's perfect. I I don't have one, (laughs) but I've driven cars that have, and I do feel bougie A. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. It's quite sexy, isn't it, having a heated steering wheel when it's about minus five outside and I curl my fingers around it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving on. What a lovely (laughs) Thursday it is today. Uh, Rather than the thought of Steph's curling fingers around something. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Something heated. (laughs) Something heated. warm and soft. Something solid. Actually, it's quite a firm steering wheel. Yeah, but it's like okay. a, faux, it a it's a faux leather, isn't is it? Is it a firm grip though? Yeah, and and great stitching. Yeah. Oh, and vegan. Yes. And vegan. Yeah, it's it? a vegan yeah. steering wheel. It's a vegan steering wheel. Well, yeah. I never. I was going to take the conversation back. Go on. Totally, do. totally off the wall. You said you were a pointer sister. Did you know, Alan, that in the early eighties there was a drag troupe in London called the Disappointer Sisters, which I think is a wonderful name. That's camp. You should. Yeah, that's camp, isn't it? That's, that's camp. camp. If Love I it. say that's camp, it usually means it's a good thing. But yeah, cool. that yeah meets no. with the approval. It's a good yeah. name, isn't it? The yeah. Beaver yeah. Seal of Approval. I don't think <laughs> anybody has ever asked me for that before. What the Beaver Seal of Approval? Yeah, it's usually the Beaver Seal of Disapproval. Ah, no. okay. <laughs> anyway, um, World Days Day special today because obviously it's yes. World Days Day yeah. tomorrow. tomorrow. If you're listening to this live, obviously we oh live, few, yeah, it's so. the first of December. Yeah, first if you're of December. Listening back. Um, do you know much about the history of it? Do you know. It It started in 1988, the year that I was born. Uh, So it was like the stars aligned. It was like fate. (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, 1988 was the very first World AIDS Day. That was the invention of the or the design of the red ribbon. That was by a group of queer activists. I didn't realise it dated right back to then. In New York, and just like everything else in the world, the gays did it first. So the red ribbon is the. was the first ever medical awareness ribbon to exist um, and then everybody decided to copy us which they do in normal life yeah. um, and it doesn't represent blood as such it represents the emotions that the activists and the community were feeling at the time so anger love frustration and it was red's the most emotive color on the spectrum mm. um, so that red was showing the emotion of the time of seeing their communities decimated whilst government was sitting back and doing nothing. Why is it still so important to um, celebrate World AIDS Day so far on? Because if you talk to certainly a lot of the youngers, they may not even know what um, AIDS is, let alone HIV. Yeah, so it is still super important. I think in kind of first world countries, you know, it's a time where we can kind of come together, remember the past, because none of us would be where we were if it wasn't for our Um, if it wasn't for our elders that are no longer here. And there's a massive gap within Mm. queer culture of our elders because so many of them 
did end up sadly losing their lives but it's a time for us to remember them and to focus you know we wouldn't have prep we wouldn't have the antiretrovirals that we've got we wouldn't have pep if it wasn't for those people that did come before us and it's a time where we can collectively come together call on government get action done ensure that funding is still there and that we don't take our pedal off the gas i think in kind of when we're looking globally it's ensuring that there is equitable access to the treatment that we are privileged enough to take here like last year there was nearly one million people who died of aids worldwide over nearly half of children aged between 0 to 14 years old globally did not have access to the treatment that we do and until that becomes more equitable across the board wherever you live wherever you are then world aids day will always be there and it will always be something that we have to mark cool well um it is being celebrated tomorrow and uh, local support organization brigstone me uh, well it's not me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but they've been busy um Busy with events celebrating the upcoming day under the theme uh, Let Communities Lead. Uh, one of the events was on the 20th of November, focusing on the groundbreaking book Our Stories Told by Us, which reflects on the experiences of African communities through individual stories rather than statistics. Uh, BCFM reporter Primrose Gran- Granville uh, went along and captured um, a couple of the stories of the authors as well as uh, some of the drumming and singing. Uh, first, let's hear some celebra- celebratory drumming um, and singing um, as well as the drummer's own story.
My name is Angelina Namiba and I'm a project manager with a very small charity called the Forum Network of Mental Mothers Living with HIV where we train and mentor, mentor mothers living with HIV to support their peers as well as for their own personal development. Now, you've just done an amazing presentation. No, groundbreaking presentation here in Bristol and you talked about stigma. Remind me about what you said. So, you know, stigma is about, you know, the negative attitudes and beliefs that people have against people because of a condition or because of the way they look. And in this instance, we're talking about stigma against people living with HIV. And so for us, it was really, really important to find a way that we can enable people living with HIV to challenge that stigma. You know, and there's so many things that we can do as a community. One of the things is sharing our stories and showing that actually we are not just passive recipient victims of services because oftentimes when you hear about African people living with HIV it's always a negative. With this book we wanted to show our resilience, our leadership and to celebrate our contribution to the HIV response by having our faces, our voices and our pictures within the book to show that people living with HIV are people just like you and me. Tell me about you and what you do. Oh, thank you. So my name is Rebecca Mbewe. And at the moment, I'm a research assistant with Queen Mary's University. I'm also co-director on the charity Forum Mentor Mothers Network CIC. Can you tell me anything about this book? It's a book co-authored mainly by five black African women who migrated to this country at some point. I'm supported by several other people who have written and contributed to the book. And the idea behind this was to talk about HIV our different journeys, you know, the way we have lived through HIV, all the positives, but focusing, you know, on, as Angelina has highlighted, the, the strength that people who have led on this HIV conversation, the strength, the contributions, the brilliance that these women and these people who are living with HIV bring along with them. To put a face to the name HIV, to show people that actually it is you, it is me, everybody who's affected, but we can still live and we can still live well. You also spoke about the stigma that you encountered when you told people or invited people to contribute. Tell me about that. Yes, I mean, that's an ongoing theme. Sadly, regardless of how much advances we've made with treatment, stigma still seems to be a really big, it's a thorn in the side. People living with HIV don't want to tell others because, you know, it brings shame or things like that because of all the picture that people have of HIV before and the way it used to be. It prevents people from testing. So then we have what we call late diagnosis. People show up at the hospital really, really ill because they're too afraid to test. I mean, that's one side of it. We had people that we approached to write for the book and because they worried about what their spouses will say or who they haven't told, they, you know, refrained and they didn't want to be a part of the whole project. Then there's the other side. There are people who didn't believe that we as black African women living with HIV, thriving with HIV, could actually produce something this good with this, you know, great quality. So, yeah, it's basically what stigma is about. People don't believe that people can live and live well. I'm coming back to you because you shared some of your story about friends who you watched die. How do you feel now in 2023 to see a book 
talking about people living well as opposed to how you felt back then with your own diagnosis and watching people around you die? Gosh, it's absolutely incredible for me because having been diagnosed 30 years ago and seeing, as you're saying, people dying because there was nothing that doctors could do because all they could do was provide palliative care. So for me to see this book which we have created, which is showing people living, thriving, surviving, doing well with HIV is just completely incredible because when I was diagnosed 30 years ago, I didn't think I'd live for another 20, 30 years. So it is just absolutely amazing. I think it's really important because we've seen all the advances that have happened with medicine, from having no medication to having substandard medication to now having fantastic medication. That means that somebody living with HIV takes their medication, maintains an undetectable viral load, which means your virus is very well controlled, cannot pass HIV on to a sexual partner. So, and up to a point where by now we even have medication that you, you know, an injectable which you can have once every one month, every two months. The amazing strides that we've made for me seeing it in this book is great because it means that other people out there who haven't got this information can see it in one place, in one book, in 40 stories. Who needs to read this book? So many people need to read these stories. People living with HIV who have not got the confidence to be open about their status, people living with HIV who've lost hope, people within families, the community at large, politicians, medical students. We just need as many people as possible to read it to reignite conversations about HIV. It hasn't gone away. We're doing really, really well, but actually, and we are doing well, but there are so many people out there who are not, and the world needs to read this book to have compassion, empathy, and to, to enhance the lives of people living with HIV. How important are your allies in ensuring this message gets out there? So having allies is extremely important. I mean, the book itself will show that some of the writers in there have been allies from right from the beginning, and they continue to be able to support people living with HIV. And so in there we have clinicians, we have policymakers, we have you know, students, there are loads of people there that have been part of the journey of people living with HIV. They continue to push the narrative, they continue to fight for peer support within clinic spaces, things we never heard of before. So if we can get more of those people to do that, then the better for, not just for us, but for everybody as a whole. The Shout Out Podcast. I thought you were going to carry on then. <laughs> no, no, I saw the red light. And usually I perform underneath one of them, but not tonight. No one wants to hear my singing. Do you carry do. one around with you when you hang around the street corners? Do you actually carry a red light to put above your head? There's things called I- smartphones now, Steph. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could see just how shimmy shimmy Alid is right he now. He is, he's shim- shimming away yeah, there. Yes. So that was a lovely uh, Donna Summer and uh, last night. That was all right, so. that was. The reason that is in, because that was written by someone who lost their life to an AIDS-related illness. Did not know that. Wow. The more, The more you know, shooting star. <laughs> yes. And we're finding out the more you know. Should we get some news headlines? Why not? <laughs> Welcome along. 
writer, political campaigner and, in the words of LGBT plus newswire Pink News, all-round lesbian icon Sandy Toxvig has spoken of her heartbreak at the small number of women who describe themselves as feminists but are anti-transgender. In an interview for the I newspaper, Ms Toxvig, who came out in 84, said, I could weep. I don't get it. It's beyond me. When the feminist movement started in the 60s and 70s, lesbians were often excluded because we were told that we would make the movement less palatable. I have been excluded myself, so how could I do that to someone else? It fills me with rage. Tributes have been paid to the Scottish poet, writer and political activist Edward Sean Lyndon, who has passed on to the realm of our LGBTQIA ancestors at the age of 88. From 1969 to 2002, he published and edited the poetry magazine Aquarius, which, according to the Irish Post, made him one of the leading figures on the international poetry scene. Mr Linden was an independent-thinking Catholic socialist and struggled with his homosexuality and faith until meeting the progressive and inspirational Catholic priest Anthony Ross, who helped him reconcile these two aspects of his personality. Linden would later contribute several gay-themed poems to anthologies. Having joined the Communist Party in his teens, Lyndon split with Orthodox Soviet-style communism following the Soviet Union's invasion of Hungary in 1956, and along with many others on the British left, instead pursued an independent socialist philosophy. Visiting a radical bookstore in Glasgow, Lyndon read a copy of The Catholic Worker, the newspaper of the anarcho-communist movement within Catholicism, and he began to get involved in the radical progressive Christian politics of groups such as Pax Christi on the campaign for nuclear disarmament. In 2017, Lyndon said, I've been described as a Catholic atheist, but that's not quite right. I'm a Catholic who finds it difficult to believe in God. There was a day when I used to run about with rosary beads and stuff like that, but I don't do that now. Meanwhile, in 1963, he also co-founded the Simon Community, a charity in aid of the homeless with Anton Wallach Clifford. And Radio Thailand on shortwave reported on Wednesday, the 22nd of November, that plans are moving forward to introduce marriage equality in the country, which has a reputation as one with long-standing history of LGBTQIA plus community organising. The UK-based top gay newswire Pink News added Thailand's Prime Minister Stretha Tavesin has approved an equality bill that would legalise same-sex marriage, which will be brought to Parliament on 12th of December. The website continued with a brief history of LGBTQIA plus campaigning and community organising in the country, which has a rich history of same-sex relationships and gender diversity. Wikipedia says in 2013 the Bangkok Post said that while Thailand is viewed as a tourist haven for same-sex couples, the reality for locals is that the law and often public sentiment is not so liberal. A 2014 report by the United States Agency for International Development and the United Nations Development Programme said that LGBT people still face discrimination affecting their social rights and job opportunities and face difficulty gaining acceptance for non-traditional sexuality even though the Tourism Authority has been has been promoting Thailand as a gay-friendly country. RTE Radio 1 reports that the gay Prime Minister of the Republic of Ireland, Leo Varadkar, has said that the people involved in rioting in Dublin city centre on the 23rd of November, quote, brought shame on Dublin, brought shame on Ireland, and brought shame on their families and themselves. The Prime Minister, who is known in Irish as the Taoiseach, said that a right-wing mob of hooded, balaclavered, angry white males had taken advantage of racial tensions following a stabbing incident at a school at which 
which several students were injured in the Parnell Square area of Dublin. The Deputy Prime Minister, the Tonight, is Mr Michael Martin. He was under no illusions that the hatred and racism on the unregulated internet was behind the lawlessness and violence, saying the nature of online communications in terms of hatred and bile that are often seen there is something that must be examined in the days and weeks ahead. Gay Community News from Dublin said as the violence continued to sweep through the city centre, particularly targeting non-nationals and people of colour, so queer businesses began closing their doors in order to protect their patrons from potential violence. Queer spaces that closed early that night include Panty Bar, Penny Lane and Street 66, amongst others. The Irish LGBTQ plus organisation belonged to released a statement sharing their grief for the events that occurred at the school, as well as writing, We continue to stand in solidarity with minority communities across Ireland, particularly migrants, those seeking international protection and people of colour living in Dublin. This is a particularly difficult day for LGBTQ plus members of these communities who have witnessed a rise in both anti-LGBT plus and racist hate in recent months. And a statement issued by Dublin Communities Against Racism in the aftermath of the violence condemned the actions of the rioters, noting we are disgusted that the horrific events today were immediately seized upon by well-known fascists and far-right opportunists. And finally, the LGBTQI plus and disability liberation movements have much in common historically as well as in the social models that apply to the world. Indeed, an activist in gay direct action group Outrage told our own Terry back in 96 when Terry was reporting for a pirate radio FM station in Aberystwyth, the LGBT plus and disabled action movements should be the most natural of allies. In a press release to mark the start of UK Disability History Month, the organising committee said this autumn 2023 UKDHM focuses on the experience of disablement amongst children and young people in the past, now and what is needed for the future. UKDHM comes from a social model human rights approach so that all children and young people with long-term impairment will not experience the social exclusion of stigma, stereotypes, negative attitudes and socially created barriers in the environment and the way things are organised. Well, that's our new summary for this week, but so much more takes place in the world of LGBT plus politics and culture. Be sure to follow Queer Media through the week, and when you have time, visit our constantly updated website, which is at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. For shout out news, this has been Terry Starr <laughs> and Ezra Peregrine. Before so rudely interrupted, <laughs> so far. I was thrown because you said meep and I was thinking of Doctor meep. Who. <laughs> <laughs> meep. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Counselor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout Out. LGBT radio for you. You see, I don't get how you're not warm when you do all this, like, constantly moving around. Because I'm dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Genuine. No, I'm not. I'm a soppy little... I was going to say... The, the Pogues line then but I'm okay because I'm allowed to say it if I'm describing it myself um, no yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a soppy little homo is it not a piece of wood though don't they call it a, a piece of wood you're going to put on the fire no that's it it's a gathering of 
That's a, a log. Kindling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gathering of sticks no. is a, no, no, it's a faggot, I think you we are. should yeah, explain to people yeah, we were yeah. discussing the yeah, death, we were discussing the death of, of uh, Shane McGowan yeah. from the Pogues. Yeah. And of course, they wrote a very famous Christmas song which has a line which they themselves have said we shouldn't have written it, it was lazy. But that line is shouted at gay people by a lot of um, yeah. drunk straights in bars yeah. and things like that. And it, it, is, it is an issue. But there's, there's Although this, the line itself, I don't think any of us have a problem with in itself. Well, it's, it's of its time, isn't it? As you well. Know? I mean, as well. And you've got to be a bit. If you're going to be overly sensitive to everything, we'll forget our history. Um, that's true as well you know and it's it's important that we look back at these things and go well actually it was a very successful song it's got a word in it that they regret doing it shouldn't mean that you just completely cut it out of your life that's my my personal Mm. opinion I know Mm. everyone has different opinions Mm. but the reason that's for a Christmas show (laughs) it is you're right sorry we've gone off the we've gone off the (laughs) the uh, reason that um, 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 we were were talking about it was because of course all the songs in uh, today's show are there for a reason and that last one you heard was um, Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood which was in there Holly Johnson, obviously, who is HIV positive and has been very vocal and stalwarty in their yeah. openness, um, and they're incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And uh, what a voice as well. Um, what, what powerful songs Frankie and Prince would have. It's just of that era, yeah. isn't it? It takes you right back to that dingy, sweaty, glorious gay club that existed where you can smell the shame and amyl coming through the <laughs> coming coming through the woodwork but everybody is having the time of their life and, and uh, it, I, don't, yeah, I don't think it, they do yeah. it these days I do remember as a like <clears throat> late teenager early 20s you know you, you would regularly see bottles of amyl out on the behind the bars because make people drink more what do you think I've done I have whacked the heating on full blast and there's a bottle on each radiator (laughs) I'm going to have a lovely time when I go home (laughs) I always thought you meant in here (laughs) oh no could could, slightly different to incense (laughs) put it in here whilst playing Troy Troy Savan Rush which is basically about the bottle that we're talking about we we need to get you doing a late night show for two and a half minutes we are just Feeling the rush, yeah. Love the video, very well made video, very the, very the video sexual. Is, the, the video is but, um, yeah. very aesthetically pleasing so, video. Anyway, yes, back yes. to World anyway, Aid. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you, as as much as you you kind of have a shout out hat on every now and again, you're also very much a Brigstow person, aren't you? Well, well they pay my bills. Yeah. Unfortunately, but you're you're here because um, uh, World Aid Day and because of Brigstow and the like. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Brigstow before we talk about what's going on with the events? Yeah, sure. So uh, Brigstow is a HIV support organisation. We're based in the community centre where, uh, where BCFM are based um, in Bristol. We cover Bristol, North Somerset and South Gloss as well so we cover the three areas um, and we support anybody living with or affected by HIV um, regardless of gender, sexuality ethnicity, if you are living with or affected by and the affected by bit is very broad um, then we can support you we offer a myriad of services from advice support migrant and asylum seeker support re-engagement back to care peer mentoring campaigns if you've been walking around Bristol and have seen the undetectable equal zero risk billboards that are absolutely everywhere they're my babies and I never knew I'd have 30 of them but apparently I do uh, <laughs> they're great they look fantastic <laughs> thank right? you oh well yeah. thank you very much um, so they're out in the city when we like we our mission is to improve the lives of people living with HIV. Have you seen 
more people coming to use your service over the years or is it getting better or are the two not actually a correlation Uh, the two aren't really a correlation i don't know whether it's getting better it's what are you asking when you're kind of describing it uh what part of it is getting better and you know we're in this generation now where you know 50 over 50 percent of the people who are living with hiv are aged 50 plus so that comes with its own challenges and that's like that's the first year that it's happened and that's incredible news to celebrate because we're not dying anymore and we're living long and happy and healthy lives but then that I comes you're over 50 <laughs> i know look at me i'm a vision um, <laughs> but that comes with its own challenges when you're looking at comorbidities living with other long-term health conditions isolation age people now are accessing adult social care services for the first time so then we've got the challenge of health and social care staff and the stigma that they have and whether and that's the challenge when we're looking at kind of access to PrEP. That's not equitable. And PrEP is the pill that you can take before you have sex and it will prevent you from HIV. It's free on the NHS and it's available to anyone. But 80% of the people who are accessing PrEP are gay and bisexual men. So we need to expand the provision of PrEP. We need to move it outside of specialist sexual health services. We need it into other areas. When we're looking at stigma, one in three people in the UK living with HIV have been a like have had a direct result of stigma or discrimination towards them in whatever form that is it could be a a rude message on social media or it could be being refused a tattoo so there are things starting have are kind of getting better in some respects and we are in this golden age of HIV at the moment where we do have absolutely everything in our wheelhouse to be able to end all new HIV transmissions by 2030. And that's really not a pipe dream if people who are making the decisions and are holding the purse strings pull their finger out and actually commit to the action plan which they wrote and it's in situ. So there's things that are getting better, 100%. There's things that are still a challenge. And it's, um, yeah, it's that parallel mm, yeah. journey. Tell us about the, the blood test capture, Aled, because that's been quite important, hasn't it? <sighs> yesterday was a good day, everybody. Aled was a very happy gay boy yesterday. <laughs> um, it started off stressful because those who may or may not know, but Girls Aloud are back you're welcome um <laughs> obviously without the icon but the not, only- not only that as well of course um we now know and a lot of people have seen you equals you posted everywhere i get asked lots of questions about that because it, it's quite a newer thing and you know what it's like with communities those in the know know no but those like, in the know know but those, those that, that don't look at it and have absolutely no idea what it is but in short you equals you is people living with hiv on effective treatment cannot pass the virus on to their sex partners it also means that you know mothers can now give birth to negative babies the risk of transmission during birth is non-existent now because of undetectable um and we've had the science you equals you comes from under undetectable equals equals untransmittable so that's that's you equals you but we've got the science to back it up you know the world health organization only a couple of months ago released their campaign of of 
say zero because the risk is zero because we've got the data. It was the partner one and the partner two studies where they got people living with HIV on treatment to have sex with negative people and they told them have condomless sex and record every incident. And at the uh, there was hundreds and thousands of people that were of well hundreds and thousands of incidences of sex. It could feel like Ashton Gate Stadium four <laughs> times with the amount of sex that got done in this study and there was zero link transmissions mm, yeah. the transmissions that did happen they did some sort of jeremy kyle dna test to see whether it could whether they could trace it back to their partner because every virus has a certain gene type and they weren't linked it was a separate hiv virus that that they were living with so that's a conversation that they had and i would love to have been <laughs> but we like we've got the science and everybody is like all of the major health bodies are now endorsing this message the cdc in America they never endorse anything they are endorsing U equals U World Health Organization NHS charities government they are all endorsing U equals U because it is absolutely fact and we've got to be really careful with our language with that because we do have to say very clear words like zero risk no risk absolute where there is no grey area because if you say stuff like negligible or it severely reduces the risk that's what people will focus on and they still get a bit iffy about it it's completely black and white anyway with three seconds to the end of the show a very big thank you to Alice thank you Alice (laughs) thank you that was a whiz throw I thought I felt like I was being like popped Uh, that's it for another week if you want to hear the show again or any others uh, check out all good podcasting services or of course you can head to our website shout out radio.lgbt is where you want to head to it's also where you can get in touch with us too Uh, next week I think it's the nightmares before Christmas I'm I'm not 100% sure it is it is cool but for myself from Terry from Ez from Tara from Steve and the lovely Alid. Say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.